Hi, and welcome to another episode of SME Funding. Each week, we make it our work and your, for your enjoyment to undo the complexities of funding as well as financing, particularly in the SME sector, where we all have constrained cash flows and we need to find money that will help us bridge the ambitions between what we hope our businesses will achieve, but what they can actually do in the economy today. My name is Lynette Dooley. I'm the CEO of Nate Investment Solutions. And each week I'm joined by my co-host, Kumaran Padiachi from Spartan. For the purposes of today's show, we will be talking about various forms of exciting new alternative funding in our market space today. Crowdfunding, stock fills, as well as grant funding. And our guests today are all involved in those different spaces. And are gonna share some of their insights as well as tips as to how we get ourselves into these spaces as well as how we better interact and transact um, with these new forms of funding. My first guest today is Sean Emery, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Rainfin. And Rainfin is a marketplace that promotes crowdfunding. Sean, crowdfunding in South Africa, where did you find this, the gap and what are you specifically doing within it's particularly where you intersect now technology and bringing peers together in this common marketplace to access this form of funding. So from our point of view, South Africa has a very underfunded SME market. Mm -hmm. There was a huge opportunity for SMEs to get funding from other places other than the four major banks. Okay. And clearly, 80% of SMEs in South Africa today actually get their funding from friends and family. Interesting statistic now, the friends and family need to expand. We need to make sure that other people can fund SMEs. Every mm -hmm. day we see development agencies or new funders or BE funds or coming to the market saying we want to give money to SMEs. Mm. But they don't have actual lending platforms and marketplaces to do that. So we built a lending marketplace, rainfund.com. On that marketplace, SMEs apply. And we, in essence, do everything that a bank does. Mm. All the applications, all the processing, all the credit scoring, and then any lender out there can actually go onto the platform, see if there's an SME that mm -hmm. they like and lend money to them. So you're simply in your space making it easier to extend the pool of friends and family as it were online that you are able to access to draw money from but to grow your formal business. Lenders, but right? Yeah, I think this is very important. So in South Africa at the moment we have an informal lending culture where you have a business who might have 25 friends and each friend gives them 100 Rand or 1,000 Rand or 10,000 Rand and he starts his business. Mm. But that can only be small, informal. To get it formal, to get big money into that in funding, you need to make it institutionalized. Okay. You need to make it a proper lending agreement. So SMEs can go onto the platform, sign a proper legal agreement and have us as Rainfund administer that loan with potentially thousands of lenders. Mm. We each lend them a smaller bit of money but together, those raindrops, okay, make a big bucket, which is what Rainfin has to do, is that all the small bits of money, put it together so there's a nice big chunky loan that can fund an SME. So Sean, I'm Lynette. I have a little bit of spare money. Right. I come to the platform and I would like to invest in an unknown SME. What type of risk am I facing in this particular space? Well, Annette, there's two, clearly there's the best question you can ask. So on the platform itself, all of these SMEs are graded according to a risk profile. Mm. They're graded from an A to D. And on those profiles, that are normal bank grade gradings. Mm -hmm. So we took, we've taken the scorecards, we've built enhanced scorecards, and we then give a company a grading. What we also do is we give you an indicative interest rate that we think is the average that people pay that have a grading of that nature. Mm -hmm. So clearly, 
the A-grade companies are going to be asking for credit at lower interest rates than okay. the D-grade companies. Then you can choose, first and fundamentally, you choose your risk profile. So you say, listen, um, I want to have a small amount of money, and I don't mind taking a large amount of risk. Or you say, I've, you know, it's not your life savings. Uh -huh. And then you say, well, what sector, what kind of company? So maybe you say, I also want to fund women. Maybe you say you want to fund people in the media sector, or you want to fund people in, in the financial services sector because you have a passion for that. And then you kind of look further and further and you drill down. Who takes the risk? You, the one, as Rainford, making the decision with the scorecards, but there's mm. someone else taking the risk. Yes, how there's do, two things. So, yeah, it's very, very important for us. So as Rainford, we are clearly involved in the whole transaction, but we do do the grading and the profiling, mm. but we don't want to compete with our investors. We want to say okay. to our investors, this is what they are, this is the profile ultimately. But yes, at the end of the day, a lender takes the risk. A lender mm. is still lending to a borrower, and there's a concluded agreement. But clearly for us, we have to make sure that lenders are protected and borrowers are protected as well. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Mm. That one would collapse. So I seem to have a lot of choices then in terms of your platform. Right. I can choose who I want to fund, what sector, my appetite for risk. Um, and then once the money is then fund crowded and funds the specific business, when do, do I get money back or do, do I become a shareholder in this particular right. business? Two different things here. So okay. There is a lot of crowdfunding that's taking place. Okay. So the word crowdfunding mm -hmm. covers a couple of different sectors of this crowdfunding industry. Okay. There is funding for equity mm -hmm. and then there's funding for just providing a grant or a gift. I think mm -hmm. you're talking about that later in the program. And there's another one which is actually a formal lending agreement. And mm -hmm. Rainfin is in the formal lending agreement space of this. Mm. So you ask the question about as an investor, when do you get your money back? Well, the SME enters into a, a loan agreement between 12 months and 48 months, and he pays back monthly. It's mm. an amortizing term loan that he pays back over that period, and you get your money as they pay it back. Mm. All right. So every month they make a payment back, you get your capital and your interest paid back to you. Right away. Mm. All right. Thank you very much, Sean, for those insights. And I think this is certainly something still worth looking into. Um, in our next segment, our next guest, Mr. Andy Lemazwai, will be talking to us about stockfills. And there is another opportunity that most of us grow up with. But now how do we use it to grow our SMEs? We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding. Just before the break, we spoke about crowdfunding. And as we continue this series today, we're talking about alternative and exciting new products that are available to particularly fund SMEs using funding that previously and traditionally would have never thought were sources of cash as well as cash flow into our businesses. Our next guest in studio today is Mr. Andy Lemazwai, and he's from NASASA, which is the National Association of Stockfills in Southern Africa. Now, stockfills are something we all grow up with in South Africa and from what I'm reliably told it's an industry worth 41 billion rand if not more and there are just tens of thousands of these informal gatherings and clubs and societies of South Africans who crowdfund money amongst themselves to serve their needs at particularly at the end of the year whether it's our Christmases um, it's food stockfills and so many other types of um, transactions that stockfills gather to assist each other with this is a community-based type of funding and delay but now more and more people are starting to say hang on this is a lot of money how do we now begin to actually transact and invest in the South African marketplace with it what are you seeing in terms of activity in the work that you do at Nasasa thank you Lynette I think you summarized it so well when the stock gets together it's mm. an idea we're going to do something yes it's going to be social 
Mm. So fun and money, you come together, and it's mainly based on consumption. Mm. We're going to buy groceries, we're going to travel. Mm. But within one or two cycles, a group will then say to itself, that was nice, that was fun, but there was nothing left. And as people get to know each other, so they begin to share their other aspirations, mm. like starting a business okay therefore they start investing in each other so it's not necessarily that we're even going out into the marketplace to find unknown businesses as you perhaps would with crowdfunding where you're funding somebody you've never met but all you know is a profile online but amongst us now we're actually helping to generate our own ambitions and our own aspirations as a group correct all the, right the key part of it is that the members are known to one another uh -huh. and already you are credit vetted within your group. Yes. People know you. Mm. They know we can give you money mm. or we can't give you money. Mm. They don't need to see your payslip. They don't need to see your proof of residence. They know you well enough to be mm. able to extend So the trust credit. deficits, they shrunk completely and it, that's how, okay, Kumaran, over to you. But, you know, if I think about it, the Stockfells is the original real McCoy crowdfunding <laughs> before all this techno hype came up with yes. it, eh? isn't it? It is. And now, if I, that leads me to the, to the multiplier benefit that Stockfells can be leveraged for because you've got this trust quotient, like you mm. mentioned, that's missing from the traditional crowdfunding anonymous uh, aspect. You've got a uh, 41 billion in there and you've got something that's already working communal. Uh, how can that be increased scale leverage or is it already at m happening at max as what it uh, can be? And uh, Before you answer that question, the reason I ask this is that the bulk of the SMEs, the micro SMEs that we find that need the funding are in this communal context. So this for me is the biggest lever the answer is that people need to be given a platform in order to do it. It's easy enough to think mm -hmm. of an idea, often the difficulty is the execution. Mm -hmm. So I may be with my group of seven guys and I want to start something and I need 50,000 Rand. I'm not sure how I go to them and say, guys, we've been putting money aside for a small thing which is to travel, how about you guys give me 50,000? So if we have some sort of platform mm -hmm. that allows them to do that and can assist them, with making the loan and collecting it, definitely. Okay, so it's really about you know moving it from this communal as well as very informal gathering of friends, as it were, who invest money together for fun, but more now into an organized and almost a corporatized um, gathering of funds and providing the support network as well as the skills to make sure that that initial basis of communal sharing of funds doesn't necessarily fall apart. Because I think once we move into businesses, the risk quotient from an individual to a business also increases quite significantly. Yeah. What the guys really need are rules. Mm. Because ah. we are social, mm. if one of our members defaults in a month, mm. because he's a dear friend of mine, I may say, ah, oh, let's, let's give him a chance. Yes. The other guys say, hold on, that's money. We mm. want that money back. Yes. Uh. Now, what rule will govern that? Okay. And often, when you do it for the first time, you will make a mistake. And so when I speak of platform, it's something that says, this is a good idea, mm -hmm. and this is not a good idea. Okay. So what are you guys doing in that regard? We're trying. We've got a magazine which we publish, and we have articles like that to say, as a group, mm -hmm. here's some do's and don'ts based on experience. People who did this ended up feeling sorry for themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you do these things, which is have a constitution, think about these things before and agree, before you have a situation with this tension. So it seems to me that anyone that's got a startup survival set, elementary first foray into business in, uh, in a communal area, 
should seriously consider Stockfell as an avenue of, of funding. It's a good place to start. It's not just physical capital, it's mm. human capital. Mm. I may know nothing mm. about a business, but there are three members in my group who've had businesses. And the value okay. of that within the group, those are the sorts of things that a Stockfell can provide. So now we not only have the actual funding, we've got supporters of your business and possibly your next set of customers. We've got knowledgeable mentors who can help you grow the actual business. And then, of course, we've got organizations and platforms such as yourselves that almost provide an overlay now to say, this is how to best secure your risk as well as the actual profile of the Stockfell transisting from just being consumer-based now to a business tool and a business financing tool. That's really it. Wow, that's fantastic, bringing together these new marketplaces. Um, Andile, in your work now, are you seeing more and more Stockfells' motive moving from a consumer-based one into a business imperative? The answer is whatever you lead people with, they will follow. Uh -huh. If all we know is to buy groceries at the end of the year, we are unlikely to think of the next step. What we do in our magazine will publish just such ideas, mm. like a one-page business plan. Mm. Genuinely, mm. one-page business plan. When members read that, then they say, we did not know that we also could do such things. Mm. And then a conversation open up, opens up amongst the members and they will then try things. Okay. Well, certainly what I see is this move in a space where from communities that crowdfunding, I definitely now see that stockfalls are going to take a new and will become more and more formal um, in terms of how they go about the spreading of money and the sharing of funding to make people's aspirations ultimately come true. Can I ask a final question? For your association, if you had a fairly good one, <laughs> and there's one stakeholder group, whether it be the community of funders or the people applying to them for funding or some other stakeholder group, what would your wish be uh, for them to do towards Stockfells? My wish would be that we can take our one-page business plan, stick it in somewhere, and out the other side comes the answer of an application. You've got so many DFIs, with mm. so many different mandates, so many different application forms, it probably costs anywhere between one and two thousand rand to apply to each one. All right. Thank you very much to Andile Mazwai of Nasasa um, for his insights in this very exciting space. My next guest um, is Yusuf Randeri Reese, and he is from the Awetu Project. And they're going to tell us a bit about the work that they do in the space of grants funding, as well as the development and support of SMEs in South Africa. We will see you shortly. Welcome back to SME Funding. Before the break, we spoke about crowdfunding, we spoke about the role of Stockfalls in creating new alternatives for funding, and now I'd like to talk about grants funding. And our guest in studio today is Yusuf Randeri Reese from the Awaita Project. Welcome, Yusuf. Thank you for having and, me, Lina. And it's a great pleasure to have you with us here today. Now, the Awetu project is currently working on a number of different initiatives in the support of SMEs. But one of perhaps the most significantly interesting projects that you're working with is where you have partnered with National Treasury's Jobs Fund, and you are now assisting small businesses not only to access Jobs Fund um, capital, but also supporting them in this particular space. Grant funding in South Africa has traditionally also been a very slow-paced and often misunderstood space um, in terms of assisting SMEs, yet it exists. What do you see as the specific challenges that SMEs face in accessing grant funds um, and more importantly within that context in creating sustainable growth in their access to finance through this particular and available channel of finance? Yeah, cool. So, um, I mean, just first, so... 
when I went to start it, we worked with micro-entrepreneurs and the whole thing mm. was to use entrepreneurship to build this country we all want to live in. Mm. And so now we're working across micro, SME and black industrialists all across the spectrum. But where grant funding has really come in mm. is on the micro piece, right? Micro okay. and informal. And that's a piece that generally gets forgotten in this country. I mean, you were just talking about stock files. Mm. That's exactly who you're targeting when you're going into stock files, mm. right? And apparently, there's six million businesses in the country, five million are informal. And there's hardly any funding available for those businesses, mm. hardly any at all, DFIs, mm. anything. People are not making funding available. So we wanted to make funding available uh, and we tried a, a for-profit model. And I think it's important in the space to sort of understand the differences because mm. we get a lot of entrepreneurs who apply and they actually don't really understand the differences between, obviously a grant is a grant free, it's the easiest to understand, mm. right? But then you get debt funding, get equity funding, and th there are nuances there which you need to understand before you decide which one you're going to apply for, right? Mm, mm. So we started trying to do profit sharing with micro-entrepreneurs, and that just didn't work. Uh, it was too difficult to make small like micro-equity investments mm -hmm. and share profit, and the incentives were all wrong. And so we eventually just said, okay, government, we want to support informal micro-entrepreneurs. We can't do a profit sharing model, but we think it's really worth doing because there's huge social impact. That segment of, segment of the market is, is enormous. Mm. So we want to support micro informal entrepreneurs, but we want to do it as a grant, mm. right? And they said, fine, we'll do that. Um, and so we put, we do, we, our grant funding is primarily in the form of training, in mm. fact, not wow. in the fo form of capital. So only 5,000 of the about 45,000 rand that goes into the entrepreneurs is in the form of cash. Mm. The rest is in the form of human capital development and training and mentorship. So now that's a really interesting model. So this is not a case necessarily of getting hard cash, but getting the all important skills and requisite supports in the form of paid services to people who are experienced in the particular field. And I loved how you differentiated that grant funding is not necessarily a form of charitable CSI towards a business, but it is in fact something that must be an exchange of value between the two. Now, the Jobs Fund, when it initially started, was seen as a very big um, industrial enabler because of, the, of its size, it ran into the billions. And now you're saying that you're trying to address the needs of very micro businesses who don't necessarily have access to funding at those very high um, tranches within this particular sector um, and this space. What are you typically seeing with those businesses um, as their needs for financing grow? Are they then, based on the supports that you pro you provide through the grants, and um, transisting from micro enterprises into um, SMEs and smaller, medium type size of businesses, and are they beginning to move into the priority sectors that a jobs fund, for instance, as a grant funder, wants to see them transit into? Yeah. So I mean, I think first it's important to say if if you're an SME looking for grant funding, mm. there's very little grant funding available. If you're a government and you're thinking, am I going to give money away for free? I have very limited money in the first place. Mm. Am I going to give money away for free, or I'm going to try to get a return, even okay. though I might lose some? I'm going to try to get a return. Mm. What are you going to do? You're going to try to get a return. It just makes it makes more sense generally, right? So the only mm. places, as far as I know, you can get a grant from Aweto, you can get a grant from the NYDA, mm. and then everyone else is giving you some form of technical assistance on top of a loan. So there's a form of grant, mm. but you've also got to get the loan. And mm. that doesn't appeal to, or apply to many entrepreneurs who can't actually access it, right? Mm. So bottom line, SME shouldn't bother with grant funding. Look, if you can get it, if someone's going to give you money for free, Try get it. Why, why, not? why not? But I definitely wouldn't hang your hat on getting free money. So it's part of the value chain. It's a slot in there. It's a small slot. Uh, if you have a need that relates to it, like your organization, you, you receive grant funding and you disperse it via training. Right. So if an SME has a need 
for training intervention in their business and instead of paying for it they would receive it via grant funding then it's okay to go with that right and i think you're gonna that's how it mostly manifests is mm. people will give you training for free uh corporates in the enterprise development space will yes. give you something like we might give you yeah, free office space, space we'll give yeah. you free media, mm. a free media coverage, you know, something where they give you, uh, I don't know, people, mm. skills. And, mm. and another thing that I, I can infer from this conversation is that it's most appropriate for businesses that are at the startup or at the micro space. they more in tune or appropriate to apply for grant funding for these types of services. Anyone above that is an undeserving in a way. Where I find grant funding to be very useful is when you aren't totally clear exactly what your business needs to do, right? So that's at the uh, elementary stage. Right? I agree, but it may be even later when you, are, you need to experiment with something uh, or you, you know, <laughs> you're trying to pivot away from an existing business model. As soon as you take money which has cost, either debt or equity, then there's time pressure to pay it back. Yes. Even though yes. equity might be longer term, there's yes. still time mm. pressure. Yes. Mm. Grant is, here you go, figure mm. it out. But yeah. like I'm saying, I'm not even sure it's that relevant to entrepreneurs. Yeah. If I was an mm. entrepreneur, I think, okay, I'm going to dedicate 5% of my time just to check if there is free money, mm. because why not? There is no, some, no. but there's, as a fraction of what the market has available, it's 0.1%, you know, 0.01%. And, and the, my sense is the trend, there, ain't gonna, there isn't going to be a lot more ground funding becoming available, because like you said earlier on, it, there needs to re there's very little capital, so you need to recycle it. It's ground funding in itself is unsustainable. You know, it's unscalable. You need to get that capital back so you can re-lend it out. Exactly. Mm. Uh, I'll I, sorry, go ahead. And I guess it's, it, 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 it goes back to the space that Yusuf is trying to describe, that it's ultimately money that burns. It's money that's there to fuel an idea, and once it's done with that idea and to support you to a point, then it's all gone. So I suppose in its own essence, that's exactly what happens. Well, okay. it's interesting if you look at the B codes now, the new codes, mm. right? Which, I, I mean, black entrepreneurs should be all over those codes because they're so advantageous to black entrepreneurs. One of the things the codes do is mm -hmm. encourage corporates to put money in as debt or equity. They okay. discourage grant making. Now, it used to be fine oh. because what corporates would do is like, okay, financial year end is coming. Oh, let me find a black entrepreneur. I'll give them the money. Finished. Okay, their money's gone. Get my point. But what they've done now in the codes is to say, if you give a grant, every year you must give that grant. If you give debt or equity, then we'll count that next year as a percentage of. So if you put in debt, for example, we're going to give you 70% of what you give this year. You don't have to give again next year. Mm. So for the corporate, the actual cost is coming down significantly, right? Yes. So even government is saying, we understand grant funding is unsustainable and undesirable. Let's move to soft forms of debt or equity. So cheap debt or equity is definitely going to be the bigger market for SMEs, by far, by mm, far. Mm, well, there's definitely a space then for us to start to investigate what that means from a funding perspective and within enterprise development um, initiatives right the way around the country. Kumaran, we're about to wrap up today's show. Can you leave us with a hint? You know, in this episode, we spoke about uh, crowdfunding or crowd lending. We spoke about stock files. We spoke about grant. Previous episode, we spoke about other funding instruments. So as an SME, is my tip is to know where you are in the cycle, right? What size your firm is, which stage it is in the business, and then research the appropriate different mechanisms, funding instruments, funding players, and know where there's a fit. Mm. A lot of wasted energy is spent talking to funders and instruments that are inappropriate for the size or the stage of your business. Mm. Know where you are, 
know where they are, and then you'll have better success. Thank you very much, Kumaran, for your tip. And thank you, of course, to Yusuf Randuri Reese, who's joined us from the Oweta Project and has given us some really interesting insights about grant funding, but more specifically, the space in which it actually works and why we should disperse our energies differently when we look into it. To our viewers at home, we always welcome your questions. We welcome your interaction too, because it does also help us make sure that our guests, as well as the type of contents that we cover on this show, is meaningful to you and to the growth of your businesses. Please feel free to email us on smefunding at bdtv.co.za or follow this conversation on a daily basis on Twitter at funding underscore SME. We look forward to interacting with you more in future episodes, but more importantly, stick with us as we continue this all-important conversation about the business of money. Thank you very much.